Hello, and welcome to episode 23, no, 22? Oh shit, I think it's 21. 21. It's 20 I think episode... It yeah, I think so, because our last week was the 20th. Uh, yeah, and that was a big one, because we were like, face-to-face, -face, like, together. That's right, it was the big raw. <laughs> and um, this week I have a bit of a lisp, because um, I was drinking... And I threw up in the toilet, and it was nasty, so I flushed the toilet, and then I realized that my front teeth were also in the toilet that I flushed uh, down the toilet. So, until I get new feet, uh, until I get new teeth, I'm going to have <laughs> the S's are a little fun, but whatever. Um, this week we're discussing, it was an actual Die Hard-like movie. Uh, Trespass was definitely very Die Hard-like. Yeah. Um, they were trapped trapped by mid-90s gangster rappers <laughs> early 90s actually early 90s gangster rappers and the first thing i want to talk about with this movie that i thought was great was anytime the rapper guys the, you know the gangsters came on scene yeah there was like like you know like early 90s rap playing behind them and you know like sometimes it made sense because they'd be driving up in your car in their car and you'd be like okay they're listening to early 90s rap in the car yeah. but then there was other times where they got introduced and it was just like they were like walking up the stairs and it was like why is like their early 90s rap playing around these guys while they're walking up the stairs i feel like sometimes it was even it was almost like a like a, almost like a record scratch too there's definitely some premium early 90s hip-hop in there eric b rock chem was on there and i think uh public enemy Made a little bit of an appearance. At least Chuck D is on one one song. I think that's when Ice Cube or Ice. I'm sorry, that's when Ice T first rolls in. It's he's got Chuck yeah, yeah. D. Chuck D on the mix. I think it's a good soundtrack too. Like the I I, I linked uh, on our Facebook page the the Trespass song. It's on at the end. Yeah, Ice Cube and Ice T, and it's really fucking good too. Like it's just like a. Well, you know that's that's one of the one thing about those early kind of gangster genre movies is all of their freaking soundtracks were amazing. Like um, New Jack City's soundtrack was awesome, mm. um, and like I, I don't know if you remember the movie Judgment Night, but it was actually oh, yeah, yeah. it was I actually kind of a suck movie. Like the movie really wasn't all that good, but the soundtrack was like so awesome that at the time that we all had it. Um, because, I still do. I still have a copy of it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. Um, like Cypress Hill and Sonic Youth is like one of that. That song is so awesome. And there's a couple really awesome. Like I, I guess every song on it, they took like one of the alternative kind of hard bands of the time and and had them duet with, you know, the real hot hip art, hop artists of the time. And a lot of those songs are real classics. Like the big one is the uh, is uh, the Helmet and House of Pain, which yeah. Pretty great, and then the the Onyx and Biohazard. Yeah, that one, and that one was I, I'm pretty sure it was a big hit. Out like I mean, like actually, like on MTV and on the radio and stuff. The yeah, time. yeah, I think Skyrim still had like two songs on that one too. Yeah, they did one with Sonic Youth and who else? I forget what else. There was Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill, which I I thought was an amazing song. But yeah, then Cypress Hill did another one on that soundtrack too with somebody else. Right. I'm not sure who which one. Which but. makes sense because in like 1992-ish, Cypress Hill were like gods, you know? Yeah. I was like Black Sunday. Yeah. Black and Sunday. speaking of early 90s hip-hop artists, I think every like rapper from the mid-90s on should like 
kiss Ice Cube and Ice T's ass a little bit because they really opened Hollywood up for rappers. Like, there's so many other rappers that have gone on to have acting careers, but it was Ice T and Ice Cube that really pioneered that because the first few movies they were in were like really big hits, you know? I don't think this one was, but. No, this one definitely was not. No, no. Sadly, because it's like, well, I think it came out. Oh, I was, I was going to do some research on it because I think it came out to around, around the LA riots. Yeah, nineteen ninety two, which the riots were ninety one, so you know, very shortly after the riots. It was, it was something called Looters. Huh. It was called Looters at first. Really? Yeah. Let me see here. What if it's? What if it says why? Yeah, yeah. The film was meant to be released on July third. But this date had was delayed due to the 1992 L.A. riots. Okay, okay, yeah. So <laughs> it was retitled, obviously, right? Because of looters. <laughs> yeah, and um, I don't think I I I think there's definitely a little bit of casual racism thrown into the old trespass there, um, and I, <laughs> I'm 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 happy to see Bill Paxton in the leading role, even though he's kind of a sucker. Like in the end. You know, he's yeah. like, well, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to run off. And this dude totally isn't, doesn't have a knapsack full of, a rucksack full of gold sitting at his feet. Like, oh, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> well, if, it's our, if it's our frame, it's, it's off site, I guess, is how that was working. Yeah, yeah, it's off frame at his feet. Because he lifts <laughs> it, he picks it, he picks it up. Like, he like ran right Bill Paxton's like, okay, I'll see you later, man. And And how about the fact that, Cletus, did you did you notice the Zeus, the you know the big Zeus guy? Yeah. Uh, his name was Cletus, and he had cleats. <laughs> I was the well, that's how everybody was named because video because he had the video camera all the time. Mm-hmm. And then was the one guy, the really dressed up guy, was something else. But I was like, but he was like Twitch though, or something like that. Yeah. But and, like, do you know who the actor that played Lucky? What his name was? He was like. He was in so many movies in that time period. Like any time they needed the the freaking you know the hip black guy, they called they called him. You know. Well, he was in uh, Die Hard as uh, the limo driver. He so. was the limo driver. That's right. So there we go. Argyle. I want to say he was in Do the Right Thing too, but I could be wrong about that. I think you're just being racist now because everybody's in. <laughs> okay, sure. I I just thrown out the Spike Lee joint, you know, to try and assuage, I'm not sure. assuage my horrible white guilt. Uh, no, it doesn't look like it's, he was in that one. So okay, and see, and that's what I was like. I was like, was was he in Do the Right Thing? And I'm like, ah, and then I couldn't remember, but I I couldn't remember exactly who he was. Oh, do you remember the show Head Head of the Class? With all yes. like the smart kids, absolutely. Robin Gibbons was in it. Um, Billy Connolly was in it. Yeah, he. Well, yeah. later he replaced the other guy from WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, as the teacher. Yeah, he, he was teaching a lot of kids. He was yeah. Aristotle. Okay. So okay. That's my... that show was awesome. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it as a kid. Absolutely. That's um, why and we also want to talk about the movie Assignment, which I thought was, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, I liked I liked Sigourney Weaver as Hannibal Lecter. That was pretty awesome. You know, yeah, where it's like, Roger, you guys look like as a dude with a giant dick. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is for you. 
Yeah. Um, and I like it was weird because I kind of like knew the plot right away. Like I was like, oh, okay. I I completely like you see the whole entire plot, but then when it when plot points are revealed, like even though I knew that was what was going to happen, I was still like really surprised. <laughs> like like I was like, oh, she to get her revenge, uh, she turned him into a hot chick. And then she was like, ha ha, I turned you into a hot chick. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, I just thought that in my head. And I'm still, like, shocked that that was what was going on. <laughs> it's, it's not a very, uh, like, subtle movie, for sure. Mm-mm. No. I mean, that's a good thing about Walter Hill. His stuff is pretty lean and mean and just kind of, like, it says what it needs to say and then, you know, gets out. Right. And what movie, what other movie did you say he did? Trespass. Okay. Oh, he did Trespass. Okay. I, I see. So we're the Walter Hill d- double feature. I get it. Yeah, I mean, he did uh, The Warriors as well. Oh, okay. Right. 48 Hours and a bunch of other stuff, too. So, <clears throat> And he wrote he wrote Alien. Really? Yeah. John Milius didn't write that? Son of a bitch. No, there's another, it was another fat white guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> His writing is really, his writing is really cool. If you look up his his like screenplays, right? I always try to like emulate them because they're just so like so empty and sparse. And here's I have the alien script up, which is really, really cool. It's like the beginning is like it's like describing interiors. It's just an interior oily corridor, and it says long dark, and then like next line empty, next line turbos throbbing, next <laughs> line no other movement, and that's like his description. Right. That's pretty, like, yeah, that is pretty like, sweet. It's almost like pros, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is cool. You don't see a lot of people do that. No, usually people overwrite scripts from the from the actual like screenplays that I've read. It seems like sometimes they get a little overwritten. Mm. Um, whereas you don't necessarily need like all of that detail because you got to remember a director's gonna no matter what you write, he's gonna see it some way, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just like you just have to kind of get the the general idea across. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I, Trespass was fun. It definitely took me back to the 90s for a little while. I was like, I remember what my life was like when this was happening. Um, <laughs> and like I said, it, it just made me really think because, you know, imagine if Trespass had been like Ice Cube's first movie or Ice T's first movie. Like, do you think rappers would be like in high demand? I mean, we've had so many like rappers cross over into act and and really well like some some rappers have done amazing like um have you seen the wire yet uh, i've seen like the first season i know I, I need to see that okay um method man is fantastic in the wire he is really really good he's good in most stuff yeah like, yeah he yeah. is he's a good actor i like him a lot yeah <clears throat> um did you ever see who's the man it sounds very familiar Dr. Dre and Ed Lover from Yo MTV Raps. No, I have not seen that. I'm gonna have oh, to check yeah, that out. Can... It's like those two guys are cops, and it's like just like they're trying to figure out who killed. I forget who they who dies. I think it's the barbershop. The barbershop mm. gets blown up, and they have to figure out who like blew up the barbershop. Right. <laughs> this is like a bunch of like hip hop artists that like just throughout. And it's just like it's. I think it's like fucking hilarious. Nice. It's so good. Is it the fear, first? Is it fear of a first, black hat hilarious? Oh yeah, 
Fear of a Black Hat. That's a fantastic movie. Although the the sad thing about Fear of a Black Hat is it probably like won't stand the time test of time like Spinal Tap or one of those movies will be because you know everybody they're making fun of is so dated now that unless yeah. you were from our generation and like listened to that music then you'd be have like no idea why any of it was funny you know yeah i mean there's like like pm dawn jokes and shit which is yeah. like hilarious but right, right. like who gets it's, that joke it's really funny but you know i mean who yeah who's going to know about pm dawn like salt and pepper jokes and just like yeah yeah definitely but i mean the movie it's the movie is hilarious if you would if like if you had gone through that and, and listened to that music at the time it's really really funny but um <clears throat> yeah but i i really like the did the old black guy one in the in the end he was definitely uh awesome <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a good movie. That, like, I think people should rediscover as like a really good solid action movie. I think for sure. And it's I don't know. It's just like it's just like a good fun movie. And did did you know that like two white guys wrote that? Are you shocked by that? Uh, I'm really not. White... I'm not entirely <laughs> shocked by that. Robert Zemeckis and uh, Bob Gale. I I noticed Robert Zemeckis's name on the credits. Yeah, it's crazy. Because <laughs> I just I just picture him writing like all these like hip hop references. He's just like, what's going right. on? <laughs> right. <laughs> <clears throat> or like like having some sort of consultant and like not being able to understand him, and then it, like writing it down and going, okay, we'll make this work somehow. Yeah. I guess for the most part, they didn't really. I I feel like they didn't like really dumb the characters down much. It was there was more like everybody I think was very stylized. Yeah. The gangsters weren't like really like like hardcore reality based gangsters. They were more like comic book gangsters almost. Yeah, so. I actually whenever Ice T, I, I felt like he kind of reminded me like the way his look was, like the you know his his suit and everything, kind of reminded me of Clockwork Orange for some reason. Like I was like, hey, he kind of looks like he's in Alex's gang, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's like all dressed up. Yeah, sweets, uh, suspense and right. he's got like I don't know where the hair all that hair comes from but he had like this beautiful quaff of hair, hair yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah running through fire and shit and just you know and willing to sacrifice everything for his little junkie brother that he raised since he was 15 <laughs> yeah. I just keep the response to him every time was awesome he's like well if he's lucky he won't get hit <laughs> yeah yeah and then when he finally does die he goes well i guess he wasn't so lucky after all <laughs> it's like poor lucky man he never did nothing to nobody it just reminds me every time lucky got like loose and like was just going crazy it just made me think of friday with ice cube going oh you ain't catching the crackhead <laughs> yeah <laughs> And every time I saw Ice Cube in it, it reminded me of Friday, which I believe came out a good bit later after that movie. I'm um, sure. After Trespass. I want to say Friday was closer to 1995 or 96. I think so. I remember watching that up at Frostburg, renting it and watching it while I was living in Frostburg. So yeah. 95, yeah. Um, <clears throat> And I remember, like... I remember I watched it with Zach Griffith, and 
it was one of those things where I was like, well, I like Ice Cube's music, and I, but I had no idea it was going to be that great of a movie, that it was going to like have me in tears the whole time, you know? Yeah, I think it was shocking to me too because I, I think I rented it just because I, I rented everything at the time. Right. I remember just like I think I think I'm pretty sure I was like I ran it on like Friday. That was usually the thing, and like get high and just watch a bunch of movies all weekend. And right. One of them, it was just like the the funniest fucking thing. Yeah, and it was just like holy shit, this is great. And I think that screenplay was actually written by Ice Cube and his DJ. I think yeah, DJ Pooh. Uh huh. Yeah. Who was in the Lynch Mob? I saw Ice Cube in 1993. Oh, did you? At Lollapalooza, yeah. Oh, nice. It was pretty sweet. It was the first time they had like the rap artists. Was that the first uh, time? Or? No. Um, I believe Ice T actually was on the year before. Okay. <clears throat> so, who did we see the first time? Did you go with us at the first time? I did not. With rage and tool, yeah, no, you guys told that. me about it. I went because I I went the year before that when it was like okay. Pearl Jam and Ministry and uh, okay, um, Soundgarden, Soundgarden, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jesus and Mary Chain. Oh, uh, that's right. It was a, it was a really good show. We um, had who do we have? It looks like oh, do we have Arrested Development? There's no way. In in um, Lollapalooza. Yeah, ninety three. No way. I didn't see. I, I'm sure I didn't see Arrested Development. It was Ice Cube when I read. The, he was the rap guy when I was there. No, but the one we went to with Tool. Oh right, right. Arrested Development was there. Man, I was such an idiot. Why would I not watch those guys? Huh. <laughs> uh, you know, a good um, a good. 90s rap show that I saw it, it, well into the 2000s, probably in like 2003 or 2004. I saw um, Prince Paul and the Jungle Brothers and Black Sheep uh, in the auto bar with like maybe 60 people there. It was awesome. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Were they, what was the lineup again? It was um, like Prince Paul from De La Soul. Uh, bl black sheep. It was like I, I don't know if you remember how they used to have like clicks. It was like pretty much the whole native tongue click, like the Jungle Brothers, and like yeah. a bunch of people from that area or era. Tribe Called Quest was in it, um, but I didn't see them there. I saw Tribe Called Quest at Frostburg State University. Oh, really? When that? Uh, that was a, that was when we were like tenth grade, I think. Oh, okay. Sean Crabtree went and saw him. Nice. Um. And it's cool looking back and being like, man, I'm glad I got to see all that shit, you know, like, uh, but yeah, no, it was cool. Like, um, I lived in Baltimore, Baltimore at the time and I was just like, I'm bored. It's a Thursday. What am I going to do? And I like looked down, I'm like, holy shit. There's like all these nineties rap dudes playing a block from my house. I got to check that <laughs> out. And I went and there was like nobody there, but it was a really good show. That's awesome. It's like looking back now, like that the Lollapalooza lineups, like all the bands that, that you'd skip. You're like, right. fuck, why not skip? Like, because I remember we seeing the one where Wu Tang was there, and we like were sitting in a. I remember sitting in a tent when that was happening because we were just like we were just tired and we wait waiting out for other bands. Right. I was like, man, I could have seen fucking Wu Tang, and I just instead I was like sat in the fucking tent. I know, yeah, and I have a couple like that, you know. Uh, I remember I had I, I I missed half of Jesus and Mary Chains 
upset because my friend was having a really bad acid trip. <laughs> and so I, I had to chase him down because he was going to like run through the fence and uh, it was awful. <laughs> he got better though. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, did you see that a while back? Did you see that De La Soul like offered all their albums for free? No, that's pretty cool. I got like I don't know, like I don't know how many albums it was. But it was like I like De La Soul a little bit. I'll just download all of their yeah, music. Yeah, if it's free, why not? You know, and like that actually brings me kind of to another point where I know I'm old, and I know that it's it's not like this anymore. But one of the things that I miss about early hip hop was that all of the groups kind of had their own identity and whereas now everybody's kind of got the same identity like okay we're all hardcore gangster thugs but it like it used to be like some of us are hardcore gangsters some of us are hippies you know <laughs> some of us like polka dots so like like every rapper had to have like some like that was like their thing you know <clears throat> did you hear the new tribe card quest album did you hear that uh i did not well, man, you should check it out. It's really good. I will have to check it out. Although Fife, Fife is dead. Yeah, I think they have a few dedicated to him. Nice. Because sure. I think he died way before he came out, so I think they were able to uh. give him some tribute. But it's fucking. It sounds awesome. Like Buster, Buster Rhyme sounds fucking amazing on. Nice. Now, me and Sean Crabtree saw Buster Rhymes when he was like nineteen. Uh, in Harlem at a Malcolm X festival, which it's really random. Like my parents wanted to take me. It's like so white. It was freaking. My parents wanted to take me to a Broadway show, so me and Sean Crabtree went, and then we found out there was a Malcolm X festival, so we went to that. And um, Buster Rhymes. It was he was in a band called Leaders of the New School who were playing. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that we we had no idea at the time, and then like maybe a year or two later, he totally blew up. I was like, that's the guy we saw. Sneaking off instead of going to a Broadway play, we go to freaking Harlem. <laughs> yeah, I think some of his like stuff kind of like uh, got a little too like popular and kind of like he kind of got a little too jokey, I think. But yeah. he's really going. He's really going on the Tribe Called Quest. Nice album for sure. And yeah, he's definitely very talented. All right, so this kind of speaks to the power of the two movies we watched. And we've been talking about rap shows we've seen for the last <laughs> ten minutes. Yeah, it's like these are like the two like they're almost like Walter Hill has like some fucking great movies, but these are two good movies, right? But like the compared to the other ones, these these movies are like they're good and they're better than most action movies. But yeah, I, you know, I felt like in Assignment, I felt like there was a real John Wick influence in that. Like I, for, I mean, it's it wasn't exactly the same, but I felt like there was kind of that feel. Like you could see already where John Wick is has started influencing action films. Well, that's the thing, too. I think John Wick was probably influenced by Walter Hill, for sure, though. Yeah, and I can I can see that. Like, sure. well, like, Walter Hill's movies are like, you, you, if you haven't seen one, you've seen something that looks like a Walter Hill movie, for sure. Right. Well, I mean, and who hasn't seen The Warriors? You know, that's... And 48 Hours, and, like, fucking... I mean, The Driver is, is influenced fucking Drive, and... Yeah. Oh, what else? There's something recently too. That somebody would oh, Baby Driver is. Yeah. Amy. But that's that's a total Walter Hill like one big Walter Hill tribute to the driver basically. Right. But the driver is better in my opinion. So. I you know I don't think I've seen that. I'll have to check it out. 
Yeah, that's a good one. It's a uh, Ryan O'Neill and uh, Bruce Dern and Isabella Johnny. Oh, nice. He's basically man. Ryan O'Neill isn't labeled as like his 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 name is man. I think she's woman, and I think right. Bruce Dern is like cop. Nice. And, like everybody's just like named like that, and everything. Like they are what they are. Yeah, yeah. that's it's awesome. Super, like, minimalistic and so just like just like lean and like really just like really cool right i love drive too drive is one of those movies that i just put it on on netflix because i was like okay i'll watch this and then was just completely blown away like you know like i had no hype on it whatsoever and yeah. i just i just put it on thinking okay maybe if, if this is good i'll keep it on and then being like glued to the fucking the <clears throat> movie just like oh my god this is amazing <laughs> that elevator sequence is like fucking coolest oh dude it's fantastic not to mention the first like five minutes which is basically the driver rip off yeah actually i can't remember where i saw that reference maybe it was in always sunny in philadelphia but somebody was talking about that how i think it was where he was like yeah he's like if they made a movie out of my life i just want it to be ryan gosling in the elevator and drive <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing yeah did you ever see uh, Only God Forgives? Why did I, I... I know that I just saw that. Because the one that like he did right after Drive and everybody fucking hates. Huh. But it's like, it's like I love it. But right. I try not to recommend it to people because I'm always like, you'll probably hate it. <laughs> just because I yeah. like it doesn't mean it's good. I, I, like, I like Ryan Gosling's stop work as an actor just because I feel like he's doing something really different that you haven't seen many other actors do. You know, like almost every actor out like right now, I can point to somebody in old Hollywood who did that, you know. Um, but like with Ryan Gosling, I'm like, I don't know, like maybe James Dean, maybe. Maybe, I but, guess. You know, but James Dean actually is kind of like a wussy Ryan Gosling, you know, like because even James Dean talks too much, you know. And if you watch him without a cause, he's not the toughest dude. No, and that was kind of the point of James Dean was yeah. that he had that vulnerability, you know. The whole movie's about being gay, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just watched. I just watched that one. What was it? East of Eden. I oh, just... that one. I think all of his movies are about being gay, but like *Murder Without a Cause* is definitely. It's like yeah, it was taught in yeah. In like, it's like *Top Gun* gay. Yeah, I mean, it's just like yeah. Cause the, the director Nicholas Ray, every movie he did would would he would basically turn into like a like a like a whole like struggle with sexuality type thing because he was bisexual at the time so i was like when you watch any of his movies you're just like yep yep right. <laughs> like, like even when it's like not even close to about sex it's like right you'd be proud you'd actually be proud of me um i have a i have a really good friend who is just huge into top gun like i mean like okay he's so he's so into top gun that they actually played Danger Zone, while he was walking his wife down the aisle at their wedding. Oh, wow! So, <laughs> just to give you an ex- just to give you an idea <laughs> of oh. of how Top Gun this guy is, you know. And so I was drinking with him one night, and um, you know, where he's going on his Top Gun rant. I was like, Hey, have you ever seen this? Did I plug plugged up the um Quentin Tarantino rant? From, oh yeah. Um, from the what was that movie called? It was like. Waiting for something. I mean, the movie kind of sucked, except for the Tarantino rap. Sleep with me. Sleep with me. I think that is it. 
And uh, I put, you know, like his Quentin Tarantino's big rant about how Top Gun's a metaphor for gay sex. He was just like, what the fuck's the matter with you? I was like, man, he's speaking the truth. <laughs> doesn't make it any, it doesn't make it a bad movie, man. <laughs> right, right. Come on, it's all right. It gives it more layers, for sure. Right, yeah. And I guess they're sequeling that now. Yes, Top Gun 2, Top Gunner. <laughs> I don't uh, know. <laughs> I'm not, sure. I'm not sure what it's called. But. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be as good as the Slapshot sequel. Like, oh, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, Slapshot ones never had Paul Newman in, in them. So no, no, Slap, the, the Slapshot sequels were 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 just god awful. Um, this, this has actually Tom Cruise in it, so that should be. Oh, is Tom Cruise actually in it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's actually called Maverick Top Gun Two, basically. Oh, okay, gotcha. He's probably like teaching the young guys or something. I guess it might take it might take place right after this the last one ended, and because Tom Cruise doesn't age, it would just no. be like uh uh-uh. uh. It would just be like right after. He is he is, he is a pickled man. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, no, but you know, like I mean, you can. It's weird. Like you can kind of see in all of them guys you can see old like Hollywood like Tom Cruise you can kind of give him like the Errol Flynn kind of although I don't know who the modern Paul Newman would be I don't know yeah you know like Tom Tom Hanks really reminds me of Cary Grant like I think he's just basically trying to be Cary Grant um, yeah because Paul Newman has always been like kind of old even when he was young yeah I don't yeah. know who's like if, if anybody's really around like that right um, because yeah, like I, I was really went on a big Paul Newman kick and watched like everything I could find about that he's in, and even his really old, old movies, where he's supposed to be a kid, he's kind of old, you know. No, I mean Gosling could almost be Paul Newman too. Like, yeah, <laughs> he has like a Paul Newman vibe too, probably. Right. I think. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I, I really into it. I, I love some of his. I, I watched all of his, and then I went through a big Cary Grant kick where I watched a bunch of Cary Grant movies, too. Oh, nice. And um, he's hilarious. I lo- I don't really like the serious movies he was in. Like, they're okay, but mm-hmm. some of his comedies are really, really funny. Yeah. What was your favorite? Uh, you probably, probably Mother Goosey. What's that? What's that one? I've never even heard that uh, one. He is a drunk that has a well. it's in world it's during world war Two, and he's a like a drunk expatriate american that just drives his boat like around the south pacific um and the navy basically constructs him uh and it's great man they wreck his boat on this island and mm-hmm. they're like hey we'll come get you in a couple of weeks but until then you have to spot for japanese like planes and radio them in. He's like, fuck you, I'm not doing that. And they're like, okay, well, we stole all your liquor and hid it around the island. And every time you give us a successful sighting, we'll tell you where the liquor's hidden. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And like, that's the start of it. I mean, it goes on the whole thing where he falls in love and saves a bunch of orphans. But, um, yeah, no, it's got some, it's got some great fucking lines in it. <laughs> like, he, like, he goes to steal the frickin', uh steal the gas from the navy and the guy was like um <clears throat> the guy's like do you you can't steal that gas and he was like of course i can do you know who i am and he's like well no and he's like well that's why i can steal it 
you can only get get away with those lines like back in the day. Yeah, like 1961 that. when the movie was made. Yeah. You say that now, you're like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Yeah, you're like, what the hell? Did you hear that George Romero died? Yeah, that's, that's terrible. Horrible. I feel like we should probably watch some of his for next week. Yeah, we should maybe have an obscure George Romero. Did he make any movies that Martin Landau starred in? I know. I was like, oh, man. We made one called Martin, but it's not about him. So. <laughs> and now, do you know if it's true? I always heard that some of Night of the Living Dead was actually filmed in Cumberland. No, but they mentioned Cumberland. I think that's that's. Oh, uh, okay. I knew that it, it had something to do with that. I mean, it's not in Pennsylvania. Mm. Like, you're down the street. But they mentioned zombies i think they mentioned zombies being overrun in cumberland or something like that oh, okay that's why it was a big deal yeah because I, I always remember when we were in cumberland growing up in cumberland somebody saying that night of the living dead had something to do with do with it well, he was yeah. like the closest filmmaker in that and like near us like that we knew about at the time him right. and john waters yeah yeah and john waters is like will always be maryland's greatest filmmaker there's no way around that <laughs> i think so did i ever tell you the story when i had a drink with him in the auto bar yeah, yeah i'm yeah, sure yeah, i yeah. probably did because i pretty much told everybody that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think we told that, we told that one a while back it's like oh shit that's john waters and then i saw him i saw him speak at, at prosberg and he was awesome i mean it was hilarious he had everybody everybody's in tears by the end of it did you read his, read his uh, hitchhiking book? No, the only book I read was his autobiography. Oh my god, it's so fucking good! And like, Leslie bought me a copy of it for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And like, she found it in some shop up in Pasadena, and it's actually signed by him. It's nice. Like That's awesome. But it's like basically the first half. Like, I don't want to spoil it because it's really good stuff. But you should check it out. Yeah, I will. I like this. I like this. What was it, like a something about being a juvenile delinquent or something like that? He's written a lot of books. Oh, has he? <laughs> okay. So the only one that I've ever read was, you know, back in the '90s, I read the one that was about him coming up as a filmmaker, making pink flamingos and all that, and how he yeah. was really good friends with Tex Watson, the Manson murderer. Yeah, he would go to like the courtroom all the time mm-hmm. for like murders and stuff. Yeah, we should do some. Uh... Probably some the Night Riders is probably the best one to do. Oh, is that George Romero? It's pretty available, like yeah. with Ed Harris. With Ed Harris, yeah. No, I remember that movie's awesome. I'll watch that again. Yeah, it's, I think it's pretty readily available for free. So, right, yeah. No, that's a fantastic movie. I, I would actually like to see more movies like that, like Night Riders or like Mad Max. You don't see a whole lot of that kind of like alternate universe, weird apocalypse, but not apocalypse kind of. <laughs> I mean, that writer is just like in like modern day, but these guys are just like living by some weird, weird ass fucking code where they're like jousting and yeah, like, I, like and, and I'd love to see that again actually because I remember seeing that as a kid like on a TV movie or like on HBO in the middle of the night or something and being like, what the fuck? Brian <laughs> <clears throat> okay. always that movie. Oh yeah, and you know, again, I, he bought like a, he like ordered a copy of it one like and it like took like months to come in. And, and once he finally got it, we watched it like a bunch of times. We were like, fuck. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, I, I'm down. We'll, we'll watch Night Riders for next week. Night Risings. Yeah. Whatever else you can watch of his. Yeah. <laughs> his Day of the Dead Day of the Dead is pretty readily available, too. 
Right. I'm trying to check out Day as well. I, I want to say he didn't do They Live, did he? No, it was Carpenter. Carpenter, right. I want to yeah. see that again. That's another movie that I saw like in the 80s that I'd like to watch again as mm-hmm. an adult, you know? I've seen it a few times. I think I've seen it like twice here, out here in the theaters. Right. They always play it. It's pretty... It still holds up, I think. It's yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, it's got Rowdy Roddy Piper in it, so... Yeah, I mean... There's that. It's amazing. Keith David. It's fucking badass. And it was good to see Bill Paxton again. And it's good to see... I Like, I love seeing him as the lead. It's very rare that he would actually be the lead in something, you know? Yeah, he's, like, really good in Trespass, I think. He's just, like, like a southern, southern dude. But, like, he's just, like... He's good. And so is Bill Sadler. Yeah. I mean, and he's he's in Die Hard 2, so there's another uh, Die yeah, Hard another reference. Another little connection. That's right. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Cool. So, all right. Um, we're at 40 minutes. So. Cool. I think we have another one in the can, and hopefully next week we will have um, Night Riders, and everybody should watch Night Riders for next week in honor of George Romero. It oh, is yeah, man. a so, classic fucking movie, and, and it's not one of the ones that he's really known for, you know, like. Lady of the Living Dead, of course, was groundbreaking, and especially now that fucking zombies are everywhere, and there's a zombie movie every other freaking week, and, you know, like, the genre's just exploded. Um, But that would be cool. Maybe maybe after that, now that he's dead, now we'll have, like, the whole Knight Rider genre where we have crazy jousting motorcycle gangs are, like, like in the news all the time. I mean, when you see that movie, you're just like, "How did this get made?" Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember, I remember it really blew my mind when I saw it. Like, I'm like, "What? What?" Even, even in a low budget movie, you're just like, "Who? Like, yeah, how did you even like sign off on this?" Yeah, yeah. Well, and and the strange thing is, is it's like so far out there, and yet, like, if I remember correctly, it was really big. Um, sympathy with the characters, like you know, I was really cheering for Ed Harris, even though he was kind of a bastard. But, yeah, it basically shows that like, the modern world sucks, I think, is basically yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like it. So, all right, well, join us next week, and we'll talk about Knight Riders and some other George Romero movies. Cool. Cool. Have fun. Later.